Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me we have Ryan Whitfield, also pro, fan, uh, pro football focus and fantasy pros. And Joey Lero's back, our resident football coach, back for another round. Welcome to our first ever, by the way, just momentous here, back-to-back show. That's right, this is the first time we've ever done a show on two consecutive days. It is momentous, folks, so welcome and thanks for being a part of that. Hey, so I already mentioned this last night, but I had originally uh, got my dates all mixed up. (laughs) We were supposed to have a podcast on Wednesday night, that's tonight. I actually signed on and had the podcast yesterday anyway, so I don't want to deprive uh, people of what we're supposed to be doing today, so we're just going to do two in a row, because hey, you just can't get enough of us, I know I know that, but we're not enough, we're not enough for you to keep coming back, let's just be honest, if we're going to do back-to-back shows, we need to add some star power, so on the show with us once again is special guest Adam and Eva from the Burgundy and Gold Report, welcome back buddy, how's it going? Hey, thanks for having me back, man, appreciate it. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, you're doing the circuit, right? I mean, you were just on the all skin air thing last night. Yeah, yep, yeah, and I'll be in a couple more shows in the next couple of days leading up to the draft for sure. This is this is definitely the busy time of year for me. Awesome, awesome, and uh, and don't tell Wole that I totally mispronounced the name of the podcast because he's. Like always <laughs> makes fun of me because I cannot pronounce everything. I don't. Even, I, every time I do it, I know I'm wrong. So, anyway, I, I always got, just I always just say ASC. I, I, I always <laughs> shorten everything. <laughs> Nobody can do it like Wole can. So, um, all no right. Doubt. So, we got a lot to talk about today, and we're going to discuss a little bit more about the new format of the 2020 NFL, NFL draft, and then we're going to talk about draft targets outside the first round. Everyone's all in on the first round, uh, but we're going to talk about some draft targets outside the first round. And actually, and Adam took part in this, and uh, of course, Joey and Ryan and everybody, uh, Scott King, who was on the show last night, also took part in this. We had that that Twitter mock draft, the sixth annual Twitter mock draft, and we have all our picks from the first and second round there. Go check that out at footballgarbagetime.com. Uh, but tonight, we're going to talk about targets outside the first round, and I won't put any limit on it, so that should be fun. And and last night we did some prop bets for the draft. So Adam, I'm gonna I'm gonna get your answers to some of these prop bets today. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, hey, let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. So as I mentioned in the last show, the NFL draft is going forward on April 23rd to 25th, but not in Las Vegas and not with any people present, at least not at one location. Commissioner Roger Goodell sent that memo to all 32 teams on April 6th informing them that they have to draft away from the team facilities and operate out of their own homes to comply with the COVID-19 guidelines. So NFL owners, general managers, coaches will essentially not be allowed in the same room unless they happen to be already be there for the upcoming draft. So this will be interesting. This will be the first time we've ever seen this. And tonight I'm going to have two questions. One, first, we're going to catch up with Adam and get his thoughts on this because we didn't get a chance to talk to him about this yet. We're going to ask you, Adam, about your thoughts about the NFL drafting virtual and, and how you think that's going to go. And then I'm going to go back to everybody, and we're going to talk about draft targets that you are keeping an eye on outside the first round of the 2020 NFL draft. So let's get started with that first question. And, Adam, let me just ask you this straight up. 
I already talked to Joey about this, and we talked to others about it yesterday. But how do you feel about the NFL draft going forward in this new virtual format? Do you think good, bad, ugly, otherwise? Do you see it going to work, or what do you think is the issue here? I, I think it'll, it'll it'll go off without a hitch. I think, you know, the people that suffer are the ones that really, you know, I knew a few guys that had plans to go down to see it live. But other than that, you know, people like us right. that are going to be watching from home, it's re- it's really not going to make a difference. It's not going to create any, you know, additional intrigue, of course. But bottom line is I don't think it's really going to matter uh, one way or another. I don't think it's going to matter for the general manager. I don't think it's going to matter, matter for the scouts and any kind of preparation. So, honestly, I think this could be something we see more of even after this, uh, you know, we get through this this uh, crazy time, I think we're going to start to see more things like this anyways. This is just kind of how the future is shaping up, unfortunately. Um, but as far as making the picks, I don't think it makes a difference whatsoever. And so let me ask you this question, because I, I posed this to the guys yesterday, and, and Joey actually talked about this last night as well. But a lot of the uh, prospects going into the draft will not have the benefit of their pro day. Obviously, most of those have been canceled. Right. And for the most part, if they perform at the Combine, okay, that's fine. And there's only about 30 or 40 uh, prospects out there who were not invited to the Combine and who are likely to get drafted. But there are a lot of people who were in- invited to the Combine and were injured or were playing it safe coming off injury. So they obviously didn't have an opportunity to demonstrate their speed, their agility, their strength, all those things that the Combine is used to help scouts evaluate. And I know you do a lot of scouting yourself. Adam, so what are your thoughts on that? Will that? How is that going to impact how general managers and coaches approach this draft? And do you think that posting it up on social media, like a lot of players have done so far, do you think that's going to be a comp for that type of evaluation, or is that going to have any impact at all? I, I, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to have too much of an impact as far as posting their highlight videos because, you know, it's true scouting, true evaluating. It's just about breaking down the film. And, you know, me specifically, you know, I – uh, specializing in the small school level, and it, this is going to hurt these guys. Uh, the latest uh, write-up I had an interview was uh, Ernest Edwards is a receiver out of Maine University, dynamic talent, mm-hmm. more of, you know, kind of a one-hit wonder, you know, one-year wonder because his first three years are quiet. Then he had a great second mm-hmm. year. He actually did have a lot of, you know, had situations where they had an impromptu last-minute pro day with, you know, minimal in attendance and, Unfortunately, that just didn't get a lot of attention from the scouts from what I hear. So what I'm expecting in turn is you're going to have a ton of undrafted free agents this year that in Mm. past years could have probably gone maybe in the late, early seventh round. And what I was talking about on the show uh, with Wally last night is what that's going to do is going to create a scramble. Um, It's just from different people I've talked to said it's pretty on the norm every year. You know, usually towards the mid, towards the end of the seventh round, Scouts and teams start reaching out to guys that look like they're going to get undrafted, trying to set things up, trying to get them to come to their facility and, you know, lock them down. Without them having the benefit of having these one-on-one physical workouts, you're going to have you're going to have a ton of teams just signing people over the phone, you know, doing FaceTimes. So you're going to have a ton of undrafted free agents that are probably out there and are going to really surprise this year because they're just going to be floating out there until, you know, probably if, if that's the thing, are we going to even have mini camps, you know, and training camps, you know, there could be guys that are just sitting out there waiting, but what's going to happen is the small schoolers in the end, they're the ones going to suffer because even though some of them did have small scale pro days, there wasn't any uh, NFL teams in attendance. So it's really going to hurt them. 
that's the one. That's the players that I see uh, that are going to be impacted the most in this situation. Wow. Okay. Well, that is something I, I hadn't really uh, we hadn't focused on that much, and that is a really interesting observation. And I'm going to ask you more about that when we talk about some late draft uh, late draft targets, because I think you might have some not you know not only late late draft targets, but targets to look at in uh, un, as undrafted free agents as well. So that's going to sure. be really interesting what that pool is going to look like. Um, all right, well, that's some good thoughts there on that. And I think everybody is looking forward to watching this new virtual format. Uh, Scott King came on last night and told us he thinks that there's going to be a, a little bit, a lot of hiccups. Honestly, I'd be surprised if at least one person doesn't try to hack this thing at some point in time yeah, during the show. For, for so sure. it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, and I, this, I was going to ask this question later on anyway, but let me get your thoughts on this. Do you think there's – you said it's going to go off about a hitch. Do you think anybody's going to miss a pick? No, no. I, I think that from, from everything that I've read in there, they've got firewalls, backups after backups after backups. So, you okay. know, we've seen in, you know, just normal times when trades have happened through, you know, fax machines, you know, the situations that happened in Denver in the past and other things. Yeah you know, when they were able to have true access, mistakes happen. So if mistakes happen, I wouldn't blame it on this situation. I honestly mm-hmm. think with them relying, like you said, there's always issues with, you know, tech issues, you know, people hacking. But I think sure. that it's probably going to go smoother than, you know, the standard for, format. I think that teams are going to be probably more locked on to what they want that we could see, you know, of course the first 10 to 15, 20 picks tend to go a little slower, but I think you're going to see probably a little faster pace this year, just based on, you know, what they have to do and the challenges they have. So I honestly, I'm not, unless you're talking about someone crazy, like someone getting hacked or something like that. But I, I think one thing the NFL is concerned about is, you know, this going, it's one of the biggest ratings, you know, events in sports right now. It's going to be, I think, right. on four or five networks. So I yeah. think there's going to be a, a major effort to make sure that there's not going to be any any major hitches. So I think it'll go smooth, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it, and I think we all are really excited about it going forward. And, uh, heck, if something goes wrong, uh, that'll just be more entertainment for us. <laughs> so it's for a win-win sure. scenario sure. as, far, as far as I see it. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and – Let's move along right here because I, I got I want to get to the actual substance here and talk about those draft targets outside the first round and everybody talks about that first round and it is the most intriguing because there is the highest potential to make an impact but of course we all know second round can be incredibly impactful and we can and we all know sixth round can be very impactful so and then we start with you, you uh, there Joey and ask you about who you have your eyes on regarding potential draft targets outside the first round. Um, I'm going to start with uh, a guy I've talked about before. Uh, it's Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, I know no Scott mentioned yep. uh, the other day that, or yesterday, that he felt that he was getting old because uh, I talked about <laughs> how I was four years old in 2003. But right. hearing Antoine Winfield Jr. makes me feel old. Um, okay. He's a guy. So that, and then he's all up feel ancient. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he attended the University of Minnesota. Um uh, I believe he's a redshirt sophomore, so uh, didn't have a lot of uh, pedigree to his name besides being Antoine Winfield Jr.'s uh, son. But he was pretty often injured in college, which is going to hold him down in the draft. So I think he's a day-two guy. But I think he's going to be a real steal for uh, whoever jumps on that. 
Um, I've seen mm. the Eagles mentioned as a potential uh, candidate for him. Um, another guy that I want to talk about uh, going later than first is uh, Grant Delpit, uh, the safety out of LSU. In our mock draft, mm-hmm. I actually had him going, I believe, 17 overall to the Cowboys. But since mm-hmm. then, uh, since we made those picks, I mean, it's been a few weeks, and you know how everything can change with the draft. But he's dropped yeah, yeah, definitely. considerably on some people's boards. Um, I still see him going in, around the second round, uh, probably mid-second round. Um, he's one of my favorite players in the draft. Um, uh, something about safe from LSU, like Tyron Matthew, uh, really get me. Um, and the last guy yep. I want to talk about um, is going to be Jacob Eason. Um, I want to see where he ends up. Uh, I think the Bears actually might take a stab at him in the second or the third. Oh. Um, okay. I only got yep. to watch third, I would okay, okay in the third. The second, I don't know. I want <laughs> another question mark in our in our, in our our locker room there, but go ahead. <laughs> he, uh, he had that one. I, I, when I got to Georgia, it was, it was 2017. So that was the first time I started watching Georgia football because I, I didn't really have any ties to any college football team. So I started right. watching Georgia, and uh, the first game of the season was when Eason got hurt on the first drive, and then he didn't play another snap for Georgia the rest of the year. <laughs> right. and, and then he transferred to Washington. Um, but I'm rooting for the kid. He seems like a, a, a good kid. And um, they're definitely one of the sleeper quarterbacks. Um, I know we talked about Tua and Herbert and Jordan Love yep. and, and, of course, yep. Burrow. Um, but I think Eason probably rounds out that top five of guys. I know I know Jake Fromm gets benched a lot, but I actually like Eason more than Fromm. I think uh, Fromm was just in the right place in the right time to take over uh, Georgia when uh, Eason went down, and you really couldn't uh, give Eason the reins back uh, after Fromm uh, went a little bit of a tear there for a couple games. Uh, so those yep. are the three yep. guys uh, I'm looking at. So Antoine Field Jr., Grant Delpit, and Jacob Eason. All right, those are good ones. I actually like that, and I actually like Jacob Eason. I, I said that half-jokingly because the Bears already kind of overpaid for a little bit of Nick Foles' action to match up with Mitchell Trubisky. So, you know, I'd rather let, let that mess all sort out before we invest in another quarterback and ruin their career. Um, let's move on over there to you, Adam. What are you thinking about in terms of those uh, targets outside the first round? You know, I always go back to, you know, what I know and. I, I watch a lot of tape, but of course, you know, the small school prospects uh, is what I look at the most. But this year happened to be, you know, three big small school prospects that I think are going to go a lot earlier than people think, starting with um, Adam Trotman out of Dayton. He's risen probably since the senior bowl. I think he was viewed as maybe the fifth or sixth tight end. There's a discussion now that he's looking to be, you know, possibly the first or second tight end. You know, I still think uh, Cole Kemet out of Notre Dame. I, I'm yes. torn, but I love think him. Adam Trotman might have a, a more upside long term, just based on you know his yep. his his size. You know, a lot of people are pointing to his forty, which was a four point eight. I'm not concerned with that because if you turn on the tape, the guy is just an excellent route runner, and the blocking he showed in the Senior Bowl that he could you know next to Kemet, those two probably have the upside to be two of the better blockers in this class as far as, you know, top-level tight ends that are receiving options. Um, mm-hmm. After him, um, I'll go back to my guy that, I, you know, that I wrote up back in November, which is uh, Kyle Duggar from Lenore, Lenore Ryan. That guy has seen the biggest rise of anybody I've ever evaluated uh, back yeah. in November. Uh, most Huge. people didn't even know him. Um, Draft Network actually had him, I think, around 150 or so. Since then, he's been talked about as high as, you know, a top 80 pick. And I think at the combine with a 44940 and a 42-inch vertical, 
he actually put a lot of concerns um, about his range and ability. There's still a lot of people out there. You know, there's good scouts. I talked to guys from Rigo's Rag. You know, it's a lot of local, um, you know, sites. And a lot of people like to lock him in at that strong safety box just simply by looking at highlight reels. But I always point to you have to watch the full game. You have to watch what is it? What is he doing on third and long? What is he doing on, um, you know, obvious passing downs? And this guy can do it all. You know, he was one of the top in the nation in punt returns. Um, he can play deep center field, 6'1", 220. He has the frame to do it. So this is a guy yep. that I think could be a true, true sleeper. And, you know, I look at him as, you know, Colt Darius Leonard is the not comp, but the closest scenario. I scouted him back when he came out in same, not quite same scenario, but he was looked at as a hundred prospect and he rose all the way to 36 overall. So I don't think you're going to yeah. see that high for Kyle Duggar, but, you know, I'm looking at him as a, a top 70 pick at this point. And uh, the last guy, it seems it's funny how different sites have reported on him. And so now people, I've even heard people talk about him as a top safety, which I don't see it. I like him a lot. But uh, Jeremy Chin um, out of uh, University uh-huh. of Southern Illinois, uh, people love his size, 6'3", 222, similar to Duggar. Uh, he's viewed as a, like a hybrid type that can play a linebacker as well. Um, he's just a guy that I think, you know, you can do a lot of things with him. You, he, when he's around the ball, you know, he's going to make an impact. Um, so it's coincidentally that these three guys are small schoolers, um, but they're three guys that I feel that, you know, these are guys that are going to probably even go earlier than I'm saying. You know, I talk about Troutman, for instance, of, you know, maybe going somewhere late second, early third. I would not be surprised in the least if you see a team like the Patriots or another team take a flyer in them late first, early second. So I think this draft is going to really surprise a lot of people. I think with what this situation has been going on with the COVID, I think there's been a lot more uh, scouting going on than just um, one-on-one scouting, but a lot more tape has been watched, in my opinion. It might just be an assumption, but I really think that more game film has probably been watched than in the years past. So I think some uh-huh. of these guys that I mentioned, the more obvious small schoolers, you can probably see them go a little earlier than expected. Wow. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. So you're almost saying that not having the kind of leveling the playing field in some way, because you take those high profile pro days off the board, these guys are going to be subject to a lot more scrutiny on tape might actually increase their draft position when we come to this virtual format. I think that's possible. Yes. Some of them. Yeah. Some of them, like I said, the ones that are the later round prospects, they'll suffer fringe, you know, you know, third round, fourth round guys. They're the guys mm-hmm. that we could see, you know, go a lot earlier just because, you know, the more film you watch, it's just there's just more you're going to find that how they can, you know, come into your team and just make a big difference uh, in, in a year that we're probably not going to have much or any of a preseason. So you're going to have a lot of guys that are going to be thrown to the wolves, and it's just going to be straight-up competition in uh, within the team rather than preseason games. So I think yeah. you have to rely on, you know, the tape with a lot of these guys. Great. Well, that's going to be really interesting. Some great – draft prospects there and of course Adam being the specialist when it comes to small schools I keep a close eye on all those so fantastic picks from both of you guys to ring the bell I'm going to talk about the next thing here and this is actually I forgot to tee this up but this is something we're going to talk about tonight and it is trades because you know there's a lot of high potential here for trades a lot of trade scenarios that we're thinking about Uh, last night we talked a little bit about the number of trades we might see and there were pretty high numbers uh, that were kind of cited what do you think here, um, Joey? What dra- what type of trade are you most looking forward to seeing, or what would you most like to see happen in terms of trades in the draft? Well, <clears throat> in terms of uh, football moves, uh, 
the trade that I'd like to see happen for, for my personal benefit is the Giants trading down out of four, um, mm-hmm. even to Miami at five or uh, Los Angeles at six. Um, I think I think a lot of teams are going to be vying for that second best, maybe even third best quarterback in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the Giants are in a good spot um, because, like we talked about last night, how the lines are kind of that, that pivot point in the draft because we know it's going to be Burrow. Right. And then if Washington does a trade out, it's going to be Chase Young. And then the Lions and the Giants are right there to, to trade out uh, to the highest bidder. Um, so in terms of football, I think uh, that's going to be a really interesting to watch. But in terms of mm-hmm. pure drama, I would love to yep. see the Dolphins go full Ricky Williams Saints trade uh, <laughs> to pick up Joe Burrow with the number one overall pick. The Dolphins wow. have, I think, the most draft picks in this draft, um, and yep. they have three first-rounders. Um, they picked yep. up a lot of talent in free agency. I don't know what it would take uh, in terms of value to get the number one overall pick out of the Cincinnati Bengals' hands. Um, I don't know which is a worse situation for Joe Burrow to be in, whether it be in Cincinnati or Miami. <laughs> I'm kind of leaning towards it be worse for Cincinnati because Cincinnati's way less cool than Miami. Um, but in terms of just absolute sheer havoc that would happen on Twitter and when that trade goes down, um, I'd be all for it. Yeah, no, that would be really, that would be pretty crazy. Um, let me flip it over to you, Adam. Let me, what do you think? You got, you got some trades on deck that you'd like to see happen, or do you think that might happen in the uh, first couple of rounds of the draft? The, the media has really perpetuated the whole two or trade thing, because again, I'm an Alabama fan and I'll be the first to tell everyone that Nobody's going to trade up for him, and it's not that there's a lack of love for him. It's uh-huh. with his situation. If you take away the injury history, I'd say sure. I think you'd be talking about him neck and neck with with Burrow. But I think you're going to look at the top five teams, and for the most part, you know the players are going to fall into their laps. Like you mentioned, Detroit and and New York Giants. To me, those are two teams to watch. But everyone's talking about all the quarterbacks. Don't be surprised. You know, you're talking about Jerry Judy. You're talking about Ceedee Lamb. You know, everyone sure. is so focused on these quarterbacks. And uh, and honestly, there's some quarterback depth. So I think between, you know, after Burroughs off the board, you have Herbert, Tua, and Love. You have three guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that are teams that are early, like San Diego, Miami, or Needy teams, they're going to be willing to take whoever falls to them. So I think you could be looking at teams later in the, you know, mid-first round that potentially uh-huh. try to move up to try to get an Isaiah Simmons, for instance, a CeeDee Lamb, or, you know, a Jared Judy. So I do see uh-huh. it possibly happening, but I don't see it with the scenario that the media is putting out there with them with Miami possibly trading up or even San Diego. I think if it does uh-huh. happen, Raiders look like a team that I would not be surprised because, you know, with with the way Mayhawk is, he, he's pretty um, – out there as far as, you know, his, some of his statements. But I think they made it pretty clear that they want a dynamic receiver in Las Vegas right. for the Raiders. So I think to me, out of every team, that's the team to watch for a trade-up for probably a wide receiver. Or, or like I said, even Simmons possibly. But I think that, you'll, you know, everyone is uh, penciling Okuda into Detroit. I think Simmons to, Simmons, to me, is the second-highest-rated player in this draft uh, behind Chase Young for me. So I think there's going to mm. be definitely some, some love for him and teams uh, looking to trade up for him. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So what about the so the Chargers? And this is something we talked about last night. Um, what do you think they're going to do here? Do you think they're actually going to take a quarterback at that spot? Are they going to trade out of it? Because there's, there's been a lot of talk that they've been at least flooding the media with about how much they trust Tyrod Taylor. 
And um, there's a little bit, there's a healthy bit of skepticism on this podcast about that. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I think it's smoke that, okay. uh, you know, if you just saw a lot of stuff that's going on, they have a GM who's, they showed him like a split screen, him and Gettleman in New York Giants. And Gettleman had just one, uh, like a big binder and a TV screen. And the one for the Chargers had like a whole desk full of laptops like you've never seen before. <laughs> so I think right. it's definitely a scenario where they're not necessarily looking to trade out. I think they're a team that we could be talking about, like the Raiders looking up to, to get somebody. But I think if they're sitting there at six and you have Tua or um, Herbert from Oregon, I think that's a prime landing spot for one of those guys. And I keep saying to everyone, don't sleep on love because to me, he's one of these risers that, you know, more people need to talk about. I watched his film again, another small schooler. And, you know, I think that he's a really, uh, he's got a great upside, great uh, talent uh, to keep an eye out for. Um, But I think in the end, they're going to grab a quarterback. If it's Tua, if it's Herbert, whoever falls to them, most likely they're just going to stay pat unless they just get a great deal. But, again, watch the Raiders because I think that that's a team to watch for a trade-up in the top ten. Yeah, so uh, last yes, yesterday uh, Joey made a bet with, with Scott King about which quarterback would go first in the draft. Joey's in the Justin Herbert camp, and uh, Scott was in the Jordan Love camp. What which camp are you in, Adam? For the first quarterback overall? No, no, not first quarterback overall, but like, – between those guys, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think it's Herbert because everyone, you know, they're just assuming the whole, Thank you know, you. suck the sewer thing with my, in, in Miami. <laughs> I think it's going to be Herbert. I think that his his upside is really appealing to a team like Miami because, you know, everyone wants to, you know, skirt around the issue. But, again, I'm an Alabama fan, and his injury, to his injury history, you can't ignore it because it's not just the hip. It's the lower body injuries. It's the reported issues of he broke his bone in his wrist, came back, broke it again. You know, I've done my research on his injuries. Just it's the same exact injury that shelved uh, Bo Jackson for his career. And one thing that I read is some of the, you know, some articles, I just did a deep dive into it, is a normal person with that type of injury would be looking at excruciating arthritic pain within 10 to 15 years, even if they're a healthy adult. With someone who's playing wow. professional sports, it's, it's – taking consistent contact he'd be looking at between five to seven years before he'd have extreme pain and he would probably be missing play, miss, playing a game missing a game playing a game missing a game just because it's so painful either that or he's going to be addicted to painkillers so I don't think that you're going to see him long term wherever he ends up he's not going to be long term this, this whole comps I've heard with Russell Wilson it's insane he's a really good quarterback I really like what he did but only when he's healthy I wouldn't touch him otherwise Herbert he showed a lot to me you know I turn on you know my friend of mine's a big Oregon fan he's like listen Adam you got to watch more of him and the more I turned on I just see a quarterback that he's just scratching his surface I don't know if he's going to be great but between his you know his size his anticipation and his athletic yep. ability, you know, which is something that's very um, underrated about him. You know, he's a guy that you can definitely, you know, put in that, you know, read option RPO style. So I think yep. he's going to go to Miami. I, I Even if, if two is there, I think it's going to be him that ends up going to Miami in the end. And like I said, wow. Tua seems like a, probably the most logical fit that will go to the Chargers if, uh, if uh, they decide to stay at that pick. 
Wow. Okay. Well, this will be really interesting to see, and that obviously can have serious impact as to what happens to these teams in the next season. Assuming the season starts on time, who knows at this point, but some good thoughts there. Going to hit the bell. I'm going to get to that last thing I want to talk about today because we're actually down to the last couple of minutes already. It's unbelievable how fast this goes, but I want to talk some prop bets. Okay, so I got some new ones. So, Joey, I'm getting you in on the action, and, and in the meantime, you can take your victory lap for the fact that uh, for the fact that Justin Herbert is going to get drafted over Jordan Love, but let me uh, <laughs> let me go ahead and start with you here, Adam, and hit some of these prop bets that we had talked about yesterday. Uh, how, give me the number of quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in the first round. In the first round, I think uh-huh. you have Burrow, Herbert, Tua, Love, possibly Eason. So I'm going to I'll go on the safe side. I'll say five. Five. Okay, right. You're almost in line. Yeah. All the rest of us had four, so uh, it's going to be interesting there. It's going to be right on the edge. How many running backs drafted in the first round? Not many. Uh, you know, Swift will definitely <laughs> headline. Uh, you know, all of them. Um, I'll say, I'll say two. I'll say two. Swift two. and then okay. and, and, yeah. you know, and another running and running two. back to be yep. named. Yep. Yep. All right. And Joey had one, so it's pretty close. Number of trades in the first round. Like I said, I think that there'll be only one in probably the top ten. After that, you'll see a little more movement. I'm going to say there's going to be four to five, so I'll say five five trades. All right. You and Joey seeing exactly eye to eye. Joey with exactly five as well. You guys, Adam and Joey, you should get together. Adam, clearly you guys are looking at the same thing. <laughs> Uh, so either you guys are the smartest guys in the room, which is what I'm thinking is happening here because Adam is rarely wrong, uh, and, and Scott's got this all <laughs> backwards, I think. All right, here we go. Number of times Tom Brady are mentioned in, is mentioned in the first round. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to say uh, 10 at least. 10 at least, but yeah. That actually Piper, is it's best. Especially with whatever you know, whatever now with Kuiper, maybe not as much as the other ones, but with Kuiper, it'll be at least ten with him. Okay. Well, we had ten, twelve, and I actually had fifteen because I think they're going to talk all night about him killing time in between picks. It's going to be a lot of Tom Brady talk, in my opinion. And let now let's, let's, let's get another guy, big, probably the big, uh, big trade of the off season so far. DeAndre Hopkins. How many times do you think he will be mentioned in the first round? No, I, I, you know, because there's going to be so many wide receivers and such a deep wide receiver class, his name will uh-huh. constantly come up. And then, especially with C.D. Lamb, you know, I think that a lot of people see a lot of C.D. in him. So I'm going to yep. say at least, you know, six, five, six times. Okay, excellent. Well, I'll put you down for six because that, that's what I picked. So I'm going to say that I want to be right for one, so I'm going to match Adam's pick. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and, of course, and you, of course, pick that there will be no missed picks in the first two rounds. And uh, Joey also believes there will be no missed picks in the first two rounds. So that's, there you right. go. So two new ones here for the both of you. All right, so I'll start with you, Joey. More offense right. or more defense drafted in the first round? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go offense 18-14. Oh, you're giving me numbers. I love this. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. if you're going to do that, then then let's go to Adam and let's get some numbers from you. More offense or more defense? I'm, I'm on the same page again. I'd probably say, you know, anywhere between 16 to 18 uh, offensive players drafted because I think you're going to see a ton of wide receivers go yeah. uh, in the first round this year. And off, you know, I say wide receivers, but offensive tackles. Between the wide receivers and offensive tackles, 
man, there could be 20 yeah. total in the first round because teams are in desperate yeah. need of both of those positions. Yep, yep. So you're you're going to go more probably more offense than in the first round. Yes. Okay. All right. And now more wide receivers or more cornerbacks, Joey. More receivers by a long shot. Um, I can name probably five or six guys off the top of my head that are probably going to go first round at receiver. And I would say maybe three corners max go first round. Um, okay. That would be Jeff Okuda, Henderson from Florida, and maybe one other. Okay. Yeah, all right. That's good. All right. And then, Adam, you agree, or what do you think? More wide receivers or more cornerbacks? I wish I could disagree to be a little more interesting here, but I agree 100% down <laughs> to the guys that he named. And then, you know, you're talking about at least, you know, three or four corners. You know, it's I think it's the obvious ones with uh, Akuda and uh, Henderson. So, yeah, I'm on the same page. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. Because, I, I mean, that was kind of a gimme because I think that everybody thinks this is one of the deepest wide receiver classes that we've seen in a draft in a long time. All right. Just one more for the road here. Or why don't you put us in order here, uh, Joey, the top three running backs on the board. What order do you have them in? I've got – Going uh, in the draft. From, going in the draft, I should say. You, who do I think will go the top three running backs? Yeah. Who do I think will go right, first? In order. Who do I like the most? Okay. No, uh, no, not who do you like the most. Who do you think they're going to get selected? Okay. Yeah. Top, All right. I top think three it'll be, I think in order. Okay. I think it'll be Jonathan Taylor in the first round, and I think DeAndre Swift goes very, very early second round. And then I think uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU goes uh, about mid-second round. All right. All right. And then, uh, all right, Adam, you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have it close. Um, I think I'm going to have Swift first just because as much as a stud as Jonathan Taylor came out, he has got a ton of tread, and I think that will matter to some teams. Um, but I have it just flipped around. I have DeAndre Swift in the first and then probably uh, Taylor, probably in the top five in the second round. And uh, a guy I really like for the third for the third running back is uh, J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State. But uh, the okay, third it can be interchangeable because you have you know you have Cam Akers from Florida State who's who's a stud and Clyde Edwards too from LSU. So there's definitely some options, but I think there's not much debate that Swift and Taylor are probably the top two in the draft. Yeah, and I just want to go Taylor Swift just because I can say Taylor Swift. I just think it's that's fantastic. It's <laughs> fascinating to me. If you heard me say that earlier, anyway, that is all the time we got in the show, guys. Hit the air horn on it. Woo, another last thirty minutes, fantastic. Thanks once again, Adam, for joining us. It's always great having you on the show. Um, it's always great getting your insight, particularly during this time of year um, with all those small schools and draft targets. It's really fascinating. I'm going to keep a close eye on those guys. Why don't you, uh, anything you want to promo? I know you got some great articles that have come out recently. Obviously, you have a lot of appearances popping up. Anything you want to promo for us? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, um, my last write-up I actually just posted um, with a main wide receiver, Ernest Edwards, who, who's definitely a late-round sleeper at a main university. You can find that interview and write-up in you know, my podcast appearance and my other interviews, articles, at the Burgundy and Gold Report. Dot wordpress.com and you can follow me on twitter at the b and g report man thanks for having me on man sure no problem and joey why don't you uh first of all if you're done taking your victory lap and i, I we got to make sure that you're just on this <laughs> podcast with adam all the time I and mean, we just <laughs> clearly we don't need ryan here uh disagreeing with everything we say we or scott coming in and disagreeing and betting you betting you uh, that you're wrong on what you're saying you know, clearly all you need is adam here <laughs> and we're all set so uh joey give us your uh social media so people can follow 
got. Uh, you guys follow me at Joey Libro on all social media platforms, and I would like to say um, two things. One, I wanted to say sorry to my grandfather for making fun of him last night on the last podcast. <laughs> I talked to him. Okay. He's not very happy with that. And all right, two, big of you. I, uh, That's very big of you. I've been, too, I've been reading all day that um, Jay Glazer has some monumental announcement at 11 p.m. tonight about something NFL-related. Um, okay. I doubt that it's anything that big. It's probably just he's just trying to draw people in, but I'm going to keep my eye on it because there's nothing else to do. So That's uh, true. Uh, That's true. 11 p.m. on a Wednesday night, and I got it right. It is Wednesday still, guys. So, well, we'll keep an eye on that. Thanks a lot. And, Adam, always a pleasure having you on the show. Like I said, it's fantastic. You're basically a regular now, uh, but love it when you come and drop some knowledge on us. It's fantastic. Everyone go out and check that out at the uh, Burgundy and Gold Report. It's fantastic. Also, follow him on, on Twitter because he's a great follow, terrific articles. You don't get that kind of coverage anywhere else, so definitely follow him and pick that up. And to all our listeners, again, thanks for coming back for a momentous first-ever back-to-back consecutive day episodes of the Football Garbage Time NFL podcast. Thanks for coming and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week.